You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, super excited to talk to Amar Lingham on how to build an enterprise-grade AI practice. Amar is the leader of AI, data science, and analytics for CDW. Amar is responsible for envisioning the overall strategy and direction of the data science and analytics at CDW, building the AI vision and roadmap for data and insights throughout the organization and for CDW's partners and customers. Amar, my friend, it is great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. How are you doing? Long time no see. Absolutely. No, it's excellent. Uh, I only had to follow up with you about a thousand times to get some time on the calendar and finally get you on the podcast. You're a busy <laughs> man. It's my pleasure, man. Anytime. I love it. This is great. And this topic is one that we have, I don't know, it's top three for sure. Everyone's confused when it comes to data practice everyone's more confused when it comes to AI, when you start throwing around AI into the mix. So uh, this is going to be really near and dear to my heart. I'm very excited to dive in with you. I think prior to getting into the deep content, I think it'd be great if you give the, the listeners a high level understanding of maybe, I don't know, should we start with where AI, what does AI mean? Just start with definitions here. Yeah, absolutely. We can start there. And it's definitely uh, an exciting area to be in and on top of uh, everyone's mind these days. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about what AI means, right? Um, and as if you don't know already, we are already using AI in our everyday life, whether it is, you know, if you watch Netflix, that's all driven through AI. If you shop on Amazon, it's uh, all driven through AI, through, you know, the recommendation engines and that sort of stuff. Even, you know, in, you know, hotels and restaurants, anywhere you go, everything is touched via AI. Even if you go to Disney, the fast passes that you have driven through AI. So what does it really mean um, driven through AI, right? I think that's where the rubber meets the road. So based on all these experiences as a daily consumer of AI and what I have come up with is, you know, the theory that most resonated with me is what does AI mean? So there are three things um, you can put into that framework. One is, you know, assisted intelligence and the other one is autonomous intelligence. The third one is augmented intelligence. And that's what AI is in the context of a framework. Assisted is something that AI helps us improve the things that we are already doing. Autonomous 
is the kind of AI that acts on its own and decides its own actions and presents you with options. Um, augmented is, you know, that AI will enable us to do things that we otherwise couldn't do. So at a very, very, very high level, that's what AI is for you. I love it. I love that. I love the different uh, alliteration that you're using. But that, I think that really helps. It do, most people go instantly and think AI. I feel like they go straight to the autonomous route. It's like that's where my head went. You know, when you started talking about AI, I was like, ah, robots taking over the world. Like that's that's exactly what it means. But you're saying that there's really two. And, and are there different levels of prevalence there? Uh, do we see more augmented or assisted versus autonomous? Or is are they all used in tandem or all uh, leveraged uh, in the B2B context, at least? That's that's a great question. And, and again, it depends on the type of the industry, the type of the use case that we are solving. But, you know, any of these could be used, uh, you know, in, in solving for various use cases. Um, in a B2B uh, type of use case, it is pretty much possible to have all three, um, depending on what use case are we solving for. If you look at um, a, a warehouse type of, uh, you know, use case, where a lot of logistics and uh, supply chain and shipping the products out the door, there could be assisted intelligence in terms of, you know, enabling the decision points, um, data-driven, insight-driven decision-making, autonomous in terms of, you know, handling, packaging, uh, processing, shipping, and augmented in terms of processing tons of data and mining the insights out of it. So all three could go together or hand-in-hand -hand in a B2B type of scenario. I love the use case. That's a really good one to visualize. So obviously the the focus of the podcast, I don't want to go so far down into, you can give a, a 401 course here on uh, AI and, and the different types and the, the nuts and the bolts here. But, um, you know, the, the topic that um, that we decided on was really to focus on how to actually roll out an enterprise grade AI practice in particular. One of the things that I remember us talking a lot about uh, previously was how the customer experience uh, pertains to the AI practice. Can you can you share that with the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, that's the I would say that's the crux of um, what AI uh, practice should be like the customer experience and. You know, here at CTW, we have more than, you know, 10,000 co-workers and more than 250,000 customers. Um, we have 100,000 plus products and 1,000 plus brands um, that, that we work towards. So if you look at all these and then if you look at in the context of the customer, how could we drive that experience. I think that's what the overall goal of an AI practice is, you know, to deliver those frictionless, seamless customer, partner, and even your own internal, whether it is a seller or coworker experience. I think 
that's what the AI strategy uh, is focused around uh, in CDW. That's uh, hard to fathom, to be honest, the, the, the amount of products that, that you guys manage <laughs> and have to understand and automate. I mean, that's crazy. It is. I mean, uh, it's that's why it's uh, it's a varied uh, types of product lines, uh, types of partners, and it spans from you know hardware to software to services. And if you look at the segments, it's like you know you have different companies uh, within this, right? You have healthcare, you have corporate, you have small business, uh, you have education, K through twelve. You have uh, federal, so you name it. Like it's that's the whole mix that uh, I'm trying to address here. So to design that AI practice, you need to you need to go broad, and you also need to go deep uh, with respect to a particular segment, business knowledge, and uh, generating the insights for for that segment. So that's how much. Uh, at scale AI practice um, that we are building here. Well, it's good to know it's nice and easy then, Amar. <laughs> Just have to go deep as well as wide. Uh, piece of cake, right? Uh, <laughs> I wish. That's, uh, that's quite, yeah, that's quite the endeavor. I, I think, you know, when I think about how to actually define uh, the practice, obviously you're, you're, you're hinting on several different components that make up that. Um, what what are the you know what are the roles if you will like how should we think about building that framework out or building that organization out internally how should we break it down? Yeah, I think the first thing um, that that you should do when you are trying to build any AI practice is look at you know it in terms of three or four uh, holistic subjects. One is that the strategy piece itself upfront, like what is what is your vision going to be? Um, and what's the charter going to be? And how who is it going to serve? How is it going to serve? Um, and internally, what is your AI leadership look like? Uh, and then probably forming an AI council, right? I think that's the uh, leadership level and strategy level thinking uh, that we should begin with and definitely the uh, people aspect of it is is the most critical part of it and uh, you, there are various skills when you're talking about uh, an AI practice and what has uh, proved out to be successful uh, for me and for, for my teams in the past and even here is um, gearing up towards a product-oriented approach uh, when you talk about AI. And uh, there are various roles that come into that mix. Uh, you have roles uh, ranging from product manager to business analyst to data analyst. Uh, you have data engineering, um, data visualization, UI, UX, data science, and then the overall AI architecture coupled with uh, quality um, and uh, AI and ML ops uh, framework. And uh, one of the key components that I always believe in is in the student community. So having a mix of student community along 
with all of these uh, different roles. I think that's going to be the people's strategy. And then the other two pieces of the framework would be technology um, and uh, the overall operating model. Uh, so when you talk about the technology, again, the tech stack, uh, you know, the, the providers might, might vary, but definitely you will have different, you know, big data and uh, other platforms. You'll have data exploration and wrangling frameworks. You'll have uh, data science, UI, UX uh, capabilities. And ultimately, uh, the data storytelling capability. I think that's that's what brings this entire thing to life, right? Um, when you're talking about AI and you're trying to build all these insights um, through a complex technology and uh, framework, ultimately, how do you make uh, an end user understand it? And that's the art of uh, storytelling. That's the uh, that's the key piece that will actually help make decisions. And then ultimately, the operating model, right? When you're when you're thinking of a product, how do you ideate a product? Uh, who do you ideate it with? What's the initial design going to look like? Um, what's the end vision for the product? And how are you going to build it and scale it and create that experience? So if you look at now all these components together in one framework, that's your AI strategy. Oof. <laughs> I, I, it's like hard to know where to start. I think it's uh, um, how, like, let me ask you this, because just thinking about the, the first piece that you mentioned there, which was the leadership team and the personnel that, that are backing all of the strategic vision and goal of the actual organization. Well, what are like what are the actual skills of those individuals you know i had a conversation let me let me uh, give you a little backstory on it first uh, on, on where my question is coming from i had a conversation uh with arun krishnaswamy over at workday and he was talking a lot about getting people from diverse backgrounds and not getting uh straight on just your phd data scientists a part of his team like there's a spot for them don't get me wrong he, he was like there was a spot for the the phd data scientist but he was very fond of of looking at people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of uh a wide variety of skill sets um what's your take on that i mean what do you what do you think as it relates to building that that executor team but also the leadership team how should we be thinking about those folks as it relates to their skills. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I think um, I would agree with Arun on this. Um, the, the perspective that you should have for the leadership team is definitely to have that experience, business focused, um, you know, able, able, able to speak the business language and understanding and working with any domain, right? Um, you know, in our case at CTW, it could be with healthcare, it could be with education, it could be with federal. Now, um, the, the technologies um, could be deep in that domain, but, you know, the leadership is broad at that domain. I think that's the level of uh, backgrounds that you should get, right? Um, and it always helps if 
people are having are coming from business backgrounds who understands if, if you want to drive a product for sales the best position for us to be in is who understands the sales um, process better all the way from you know progressing from a quote to um, a, an opportunity and all the way to a sale right that entire life cycle has so many nuances and processes and touch points and customer uh, interactions so if you have somebody who understands that entire landscape as you know part of your leadership or part of your advisory council and then now you are trying to envision a solution a product for them so that product would be more closer towards solving that business problem um, so that's the type of leadership um, i think uh, that's definitely uh, makes you successful in these uh, endeavors. I love it. It's a great point. And you keep hitting on this this topic and you, you've said it a couple times now, which is if you want your go-to-market team to adopt your product, uh, that's, a, that's a very specific word that you're using there uh, and not, um, not typical, at least when I've had conversations with with um, other uh, analytics and, and data science leaders. What, what do you mean by product in particular? So when you say a product, right, and compare it with, you know, the, the original previous days of, you know, BI, when, when analytics uh, world started, it was all, you know, the reporting world has gone through tremendous progress. It started from, you know, canned reports all the way to, okay, custom built reports, then to multi-tab reports, then towards dashboards, and then towards self-service uh, type of reporting. And then AI came in between, and then it, is, it has disrupted this entire landscape. And the world that we are going into now is what does, how can you, what does conversational AI uh, enable to solve these, uh, you know, analytical insights, right? The sellers or customers or marketers, they want to get something out of a, a system and then ultimately they get to uh, an Alexa type of experience, right? Imagine you're talking to Alexa, you ask a question and then you definitely get an answer. But now if you apply that type of scenario in a B2B world, you have to get to that type of experience with respect to the insights. I think that's the modern AI and analytics. That's the way the world is going. You'll definitely have that. Does that mean um, the reports and dashboards are going away? To some extent, the dashboards will still be there to solve certain problems, but that's not the be all and end all of it. It has matured and going beyond that. And, and that's, that's this concept of um, product that comes into the picture. Now, nowadays, if you're on your Android or iOS and your, your devices, uh, everything is app-based, right? You know, you have, you know, Uber, Airbnb, and all these different products, their products. So how could you enable a product-like experience for insights? That's the concept of 
uh, you know, AI products that I'm talking about here. I love it. I, I can only imagine. I, it like takes me to uh, sci-fi movies or something where they're talking to the spaceship, you know, <laughs> how, how long till we enter, you know, intercept X, Y, and Z asteroid or whatever it is. Like uh, that would be excellent if I didn't have to stare at another Salesforce dashboard. Um, so I'm hoping that comes sooner rather than later, Amar. With, with respect <laughs> I to, hope so too. With respect <laughs> with respect to the, the process that you've been outlining, you know, we've talked obviously now about some of the skills, some of the framework, what it takes a little bit from an operational model, but I think I, I'd love to hit on that a little bit further in a second. But how, how critical is the underlying data to the success or the, um, I don't even know if success is the right word, to even building out an enterprise grade AI practice? Like, how important is it? Great question. And I would say it is foundational and fundamental towards uh, the success of an AI strategy. The data strategy is the key piece of an AI strategy. So if you just go about an AI strategy, assuming that, okay, all the data is good and now I'm going to mine and have these wonderful technologies and I have all these deep learning capabilities and then take this and put it in a workbench and run algorithm after algorithm to, you know, to get the insights. It doesn't work that way because what happens is if your data is not clean and if, you're, if it is not um, you know, curated, you'll always have a number of anomalies, bias and everything else that could uh, you know, disrupt the ultimate insights that we want to get to. So having a foundational data strategy, building a common data lake, and then um, you know having the common definitions, I think that's going to be the key piece. You cannot have you know different definitions of what is the sale mean, what does an invoice mean, right? So for example, so things like that have to be sorted out um, in the data strategy. Hierarchies are a key piece of this. Any analytics that you run, any sort of insights that you try to mine would mostly uh, always have to do with uh, have a touch point with customer data, product data, and in some cases, partner data, contact data, and so on and so forth. So if you don't have those hierarchies set properly, and then if you run all these insights, it's always skewed, right? So um, for us, we have taken that very seriously along with our AI strategy. There is, uh, you know, a huge focus on enabling the data strategy and AI strategy would be kind of the consumer of the data strategy. That's the way to shape it. Data is obviously foundational, critical. It sounds like talking about the data in the same way and ensuring that the team is working off of a universally accepted language. Uh, and I can imagine a, a massive amount of you know, unique identifiers and, and taxonomies that are leveraged uh, 
internally to be able to understand the data, but also all beyond an even playing field as it relates to communicating about it. Sounds incredibly important to it, but you, you keep harping on this piece around data strategy and when you should be thinking about forming that data strategy. Walk us through that. What, what, what were the components to that? How should we be thinking about the data strategy in particular? Yeah, I think the, the key components of any data strategy, you know, would be to, to start with a master data practice, which would actually help you set your customer product and other definitions and uh, the hierarchy um, uh, within your particular organization. A simple question as if, what does a customer mean, could have multiple answers within one company or even within a department. So I think that's the key, having that, that master data foundation. And then the second biggest piece is how do you get all of your data together uh, in, uh, connected uh, in a common data lake? It could be structured, it could be unstructured, it could be semi-structured, it doesn't matter. But ultimately there comes a point where you need to connect dis disparate sources of data you know, to form a, a unified view or, you know, to, to get to a commonality uh, across the data for us to consume. So setting up that common data lake and making it available for, you know, insights and analytics across the organization is, is going to be the key. And then uh, the third one is your entire, you know, definitions, taxonomy, governance, and uh, privacy, compliance, and security, all of these come in uh, really important because you know there are always these uh, these uh, privacy laws that are coming up. You know GDPR, um, uh, the CCPA, and you know so on and so forth. Every, every time uh, there is a new law, you don't need to scramble. You, you should have a solid, you know, governance structure uh, to help maintain you know your uh, identity and access management, um, uh, all the data classification uh, and uh, taxonomy, and uh, the overall uh, data management piece of it. So all of these combined form a data strategy um, that will help enable an AI strategy. I love it. Hey, we didn't say that it was uh, forming, a, a, you know, a regular grade AI strategy. This is forming an enterprise grade AI strategy, soup to nuts. I love it. Uh, this is uh, incredibly insightful and um, humbling to think how little I know about it all, Amar. To be <laughs> to be perfect. <laughs> um, I love it. So let's wrap on on all of it. We've we've obviously. I know we I, we got to harp on the operating model a little bit further because that was the one piece that I feel like I didn't get a, a enough from you on um, as it relates to what actually are the components to there. But thus far, I know we've talked about obviously about the focus on on the customer experience pertaining to the overall AI practice. We talked a little bit about what kind of roles and skills we should be looking for within the actual personnel of the individuals making up the team. We've talked about the criticality of data as a foundational layer and talking about the same language and having a uniform uh, taxonomy and, and code system. Um, 
we've we've talked about forming the actual data strategy and what components are that. So all of this, because I'm, I'm remembering our prior conversation, I remember you you harping on it to, to this degree, all of doesn't really matter unless you can align and unless you can get this operating model down pat first. Is that right? Yep. And and that's that's the key because, you know, what, how did DevOps um, come into existence, right? You always had development teams, you always had QA teams, and you always had release management teams. But then why did DevOps come into existence, right? Similarly, if you think of uh, AI MLOps, I think that's the, that's the whole concept here, right? How do you take a business objective and then how do you generate the insight uh, and then the entire process of from objective to insight, the management of that, and then enabling it, getting the user experience, uh, getting the feedback, running the feedback into back into this uh, operating model, and overall getting a better and better customer experience. I think that's the entire AI MLOps model. You know, you have various um, aspects to this. You have data discovery and wrangling, you have training and tuning, um, you have, uh, you know, testing uh, and uh, reinforce, reinforcement learning uh, type of mechanisms. You have uh, deployments and monitoring um, and overall, you know, scaling this up. Um, uh, when you're launching this product, uh, you could be launching it for 10 users, you could be launching it for 1,000 users, uh, you could be launching it for 10,000 users, right? How do you make sure that your this entire process of objective to insight is able to handle that level of scaling? Um, and what is the user enablement mechanism, right? And then overall, how do you manage this as a product and, uh, uh, you know, from ideation to inception, uh, how do you take this through? I think that's the whole operating model that you need to set up. There are different uh, processes and uh, technologies, uh, architecture uh, that comes into this mix. Uh, but I think that's going to be the crucial success factor for enabling all these insights. Incredible. Uh, it's, not, it's not simplistic by any means, uh, but I can see all working together, how you can truly walk away from it with a massive amount more insights on your business. And to your point, I think the biggest piece of it is customer insight. It's your it's your customers, it's your prospects, it's how your business is being interacted by your customer base and by um, your your uh, your prospects. It's it's absolutely way over my head, but I, I can't thank you enough, Omar, <laughs> for enlightening <laughs> me and, and obviously our speakers as it relates to what really goes into to building out this this level of uh, enterprise-grade AI uh, construct or team. Awesome. It, there's nothing beyond you, uh, Mark, but uh, it's, it's great. Great conversation. <laughs> we, we always ask, Mark, you know, with everyone on the podcast, as you know, if there's, well, first and foremost, is there anything that I, I missed or we should uh, spend a few more seconds on um, to ensure that our, our listeners walk away um, fully clear on, on what, what we are trying to convey? Do we miss anything? 
No, I think um, you, you covered the, the essence of it. I think it, we could talk a lot more on this subject, but um, I think we covered all the key aspects of you know building a strategy, building the trust, and then you know enabling the business value. I think those are the three things you know that we have to always keep in mind uh, when when thinking about these types of strategies. I love it. Let me let me ask you. Can I ask you a sideball question here? One that just popped in my head. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of movement here in the market with um, all sorts of intelligence platforms looking to enable go-to-market professionals. Um, obviously, there's a, a huge push within organizations like CDW to gain a better understanding of of their customer base and also the the greenfield out there, which which organizations they should be going after and when they should be going after them. Where do you see the alignment or do you see one of the other um, prevailing where we're looking at these third party intelligence platforms? Is it the third party intelligence platform versus the in-house uh, AI data science team? Do they work in collaboration? Is one greater than the other? How, how do you env envision that looking in the future? Um, great question. I think uh, part of the AI strategy, um, when you talk about the data, definitely uh, internal data alone cannot get you to a differentiating factor. Definitely, there is a lot of external data that you have to research and and uh, work with. Combine that with your internal data and then the trending data, and uh, then get to the insights. So I would say the third party data is always kind of a first party data uh, for us because you know your internal data combined with that is going to get you the full data set. Otherwise, uh, you'll only see a part of the picture. Yeah, I love it. I love the perspective. So it's a it's a tandem. Then it's going to be third party plus first party is going to give you the greatest holistic picture of of your business. Absolutely, makes sense. All right, you're a tough guy to get a hold of, Amar, but I know you're always open to a conversation. We're going to have listeners that are going to want to reach out. What is LinkedIn the best means? What's the best means for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is, is the best way to touch base and I look forward to it. I love it, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Sunnyside Up and uh, we definitely got to we gotta have you back. We got to dive deeper in, into some of this. Anytime, man. Eh? Thank you so much. Thanks, Amar. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.